Hello everybody, welcome back to Farscape Rewatch Season 2, and we're up to Episode 10! Finally hit double digits. Ooh! Yeah, I'm Outside. Com- <laughs> yep, I'm Kamal Hats and Red Nightmare is with me, as always. Yep. Yeah, we're all here. It's just the two of us. There's yeah, not, yeah. Not three of us. We just realized we actually should have gotten the guest host on this well. one, because <laughs> the episode is called My Three Crichtons. Yeah, it not perfect system. <laughs> it not perfect system. How dare you claim otherwise! <laughs> Anyway, this is, yeah, like I said, uh, episode 10, and we've just come off, we just had uh, Out of Their Minds, which was a ton of fun. That was a really enjoyable episode, and... That was just... Uh, yeah, and uh, but the thing is, right now, we're still kind of itching to get back into the the mm-hmm. you know, main plot, and come on, where we this week. Where's Scorpius? Yeah, we don't get it this week, sadly, yeah. but we get an episode of Farscape, which is usually all right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. God, can you imagine just one week's like, you turn on the TV, no episode this week. No. What do we talk about at that point? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's why we're watching them on DVD, so we don't have to worry <laughs> about that. Ha, ha, ha. My God. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into this one. This one, like we said, is called My Three Crichtons. So in it, already off the bat, you have some idea of where this might be going. There might Clones? Might three Crichtons? Possibly. How did you guess? I, uh, crazy. I'm well, psychic, actually. My God. All right. Well, we start off with just a regular scene of Aaron and uh, Crichton in the maintenance bay. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's taking some components from... John's module, putting them into her prowler because her prowler needs fixing with Moya parts and it's more important and John's like, no, don't, don't you take that crap out of my mod, just, hey, stay away. Oh, I thought, I thought they were actually taking it to put into Moya but this makes no, a lot. No, 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 she, she says like her, her dialogue is that we've got to put it into my prowler and we know which one out of those two is, is the priority because it can actually defend itself yeah. and, uh, and, and the rest yeah. of us and he's like, but it's my prowler and then, my, my module, goddammit. Oh, damn sorry, it. it's my module, yeah. It's my ship, you don't mess with it. And But then, then, oh god, okay. A ball of energy shows up, alright? There's yeah. no real lead in it, it's just like, pi- no. Pilot's like, I'm picking up something weird on the sensors. <laughs> I do like that when he says, uh, Aaron, John, and John responds with, hello, Mr. Bad News. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, fair. Yeah, and but there's a big glowing ball of energy is coming towards Moya. Yeah, and John's and, like, okay, fine, yeah, no, put it back, uh, put it in. Yeah, put it in the prowler. Okay, point made. And it says, pilots start taking evasive action. And we actually get to see um, a more extended shot of Moya flying around in space, taking mm-hmm. evasive action. Yeah. Which is nice. It doesn't help, because the Not really. energy ball catches up to them and phases into Moya, almost like a drop going into a lake. Yeah, there's like a ripple effect on Moya when it goes through it. Um, and it's it's kind of it's about sort of a uh, I don't know beach ball size and it's going around yeah. inside Moya. First of all, Zan sees it, floats in front of her head, and then it zooms off past uh, uh, Chiana as well. And we actually get a shot from its point of view, which yeah. like a I guess like a distorted effect around the edges. And mm-hmm. it's weird because when it, when you see it from its point of view, it's a very low frame rate. It's very sort of choppy. Yeah, when it's uh, zooming through, it's it's a I, I go they're going for it. it's just a little bit of a disorienting effect, mm. but and uh, it faces through the floor. Yep, and then it finds John, and it just stays hovering over his head, and it's like, uh, Aaron, 
whatever you're gonna do, do it, but just like shoot it, do something. I'm like, guys, please. Guns aren't always the answer. I mean, what else are they gonna do? So Aaron shoots it, which destabilizes it. Causing it to grow. Gets even bigger and it's a glowing green ball of energy. This is what I mean yeah. when I say guns aren't always the answer. <laughs> so he shoots it and then it sort of lowers itself on top of John. Yeah, so she shoots it again, although in this case with the guns of the Prowler. Yep, and it just inflates even further and it's now gone through the floor as well. It's like phased through there partially. And it's just like a big green yeah, uh, it's blob. Hardened. Yeah, it's solidified big green shell. That's where we cut to. That's where we cut to titles. That's like okay. All right, so John is like set up. Has been absorbed by this thing, and, like, and then we cut back to Anthony Simcoe doing his best Keanu Reeves impression. Well, oh, he does. Because it's yeah, he like he walks in. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> like holy shit! God damn it! <laughs> yeah, I did. There's a, there's a little bit like what? what did Darko just say whoa. that? Darko doesn't say. Because again, yeah, that, 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 that's what I thought as well. It's like that's not really how Darko would have phrased that. Darko doesn't say whoa. <laughs> I mean, his following line is much more Darko. It's like, what the hell's motto is that? Like, exactly. That, that's, that's what I expect. Uh, there's Darko. Darko again. Okay, good, 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 good. It's it's just a, only slightly removed from him coming in and going, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does stand out a little bit. So they, but he's, yeah, looking at the. Uh, glowing green ball which then it starts to vibrate and shake and it's it's causing Moya some trouble and, mm -hmm. and it throws Crichton back out he just gets ejected from yeah, it's it it's like ah never mind Whoop. I don't want him <laughs> it also throws out something else and we don't get a good look at it but it looks like it's an ape man yeah ape man ish like some sort of Neanderthal yeah it gets thrown out and just runs away and scampers off and they're like what the hell is going on and um, John, John is in shock. He's like, yeah. he's covering his face, and later we see Aaron embracing him, and he's just still shaking. Yep. And so Dargo goes off to chase after the beast. Mm -hmm. And he's like, got to try and find it. Meanwhile, they're asking Crichton, you know, do you remember what happened when he was inside? He's like, he doesn't remember. No. Uh, Zan finds some blood on the floor, and he says, oh, are you, are you, are you, where are you cut, Crichton? And he's not. He's actually okay. Yeah. So it must have come from the beast when it was ejected. Yeah. It's red blood. Yeah. And uh, Rigel says to Dargo, like, how are you going to find that thing? You're always, you're always talking about your lux and nose, that you can smell me or anywhere, so sniff it out. I also like that, because Rigel's like, you're not really making much progress, are you? It's like, no, and if you would lift any digit, we might actually do some, make some extra progress. Yeah, you're not exactly helping, Rigel. No. So, but uh, Dargo says, well, I would try and sniff it out, but I can only smell Crichton. Come on, and like, as the audience, we're like, yeah, we, I, we think we know where this is going. I mean, <laughs> we've seen the title of the freaking episode. Yeah, right? So back in the uh, maintenance way, Chiana's talking to Crichton, like, asking to explain what happened, but he's sort of sat on Zan, on like a bed, um, mm -hmm. with like a shawl wrapped around him. He's, yeah, he's very clearly, actually, you're right, he is in shock. That's, yeah, you know, what you cold. do. He's in shock. Look, he's got a blanket and everything. Mm. And they say, get me more clothes. I don't remember anything. My head is spinning. I, I just, I need more clothes and I need to mm. uh, recover. And Zan says, okay, you weren't cut, but the blood I found must be from the creature. But the, I did some tests and it's your blood. Yeah, it's your DNA. I love the line Ow. from um, Crichton. He's like, 
right, this is where it gets good, isn't it? Like very yeah. sarcastically, like, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I think Here John, we go again. That's one thing I like that John and actually, I mean, Farscape as a whole is, um, as a show, is very kind of, I guess, self-aware, but also yeah. like genre savvy, where he's like, oh, great. This is going from bad to worse now. At this point, he's seen enough weird alien oh, yeah, shit. I mean, you're like, oh, god damn it, now this again. That's what I mean, though. It's like he acknowledges that. It's not mm-hmm. a, the kind of thing where they're just like, oh, I don't understand any of this. It's like, no, you, he would be expecting things to get even worse yeah, and, we- totally. and weirder. And so it, it definitely works. But it, it is also that kind of meta level of, oh, this is where things get good. This is where there's the twist. Mm-hmm. And so Chiana has gone to Crichton's quarters, or is in Crichton's quarters to get him more clothes. Um, mm-hmm. But, surprise, surprise, the beast that jumped out of the green ball is there. Yeah. And it corners her. And is, it's and we get a good look at it finally, and it is. It's a big, hairy, Neanderthal man with big teeth and uh, yeah. heavy... Broad face. Heavy, heavy eyebrows, brow. yeah. Yeah. But it can speak, and it's mouthing out very crudely, trying to say Chiana. Star. 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 So, and it does. It's, and it's almost ar- like it's learning to speak. Yeah. And it does look around the eyes, like, you can kind of tell that it's Ben Browder in a <laughs> monkey suit. It's amazing makeup, really cool. by the way. Yeah, really, really good, good makeup. Uh, it's definitely more effective in the close-up. In the uh, wide shots, you can... Especially from behind, you can kind of see the seam running down his back a little bit. Oh, I just thought that was. Well, yeah, but, it's, yeah, okay, yeah. Fair. but like, yeah, it definitely it, it doesn't look too bad. But it, no. it, at the same time, it is very much the stereotypical caveman. Well, yeah. not quite. It's not like if it was a very stereotypical caveman, you'd have like <laughs> a Flintstones like um, <laughs> fur on and be carrying a yeah. large club. But you know what I mean, you know. Yeah, it's not too I know far removed. It's the one step up stereotype. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's... he's he's trying to convince Chiana that he's Crichton. I don't know if you had this, you had this reaction, but this was this scene was breaking my heart. It was a, a little bit because yeah, I can't articulate it very well. He's basically his entire body is against him at this point, including his mind, mm. and he's very clearly like still John. Yeah. That's 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 clear. At least he thinks so, and he's, I mean, convinced in every way. Ah, oh, just it just hurt to seem like that. Yeah, he he seems to have all of Crichton's memories. Yeah. he's not just like a a mutated clone, but he actually remembers um, things about John. That's he, that's what really hit me. Yeah, that's what, and that's why it's causing all the problems because he remembers being regular John, but now he's caveman John, and. You know, doesn't quite have the uh, capability to process all of that, and is struggling no. with that, and trying Frightening to. Frightening Chiana, by the way. Yeah, and because she tries to run off, and she tries to run, but he pins her down on the bed. He's just <laughs> like, no, listen to me. But it's actually it's quite scary for Chiana because she's yeah. just getting pinned down by this terrifying ape man. But I do like that Chiana at some point realizes like. This is John. It can't be, but it's. Well, you believe yourself it's... to be. He believes himself to be yeah, John. Yeah, and in, in that case, getting a bit philosophical, what's the difference to somebody yeah, believing exactly. and actually being? Yeah. She basically takes him, uh, him to the uh, cargo bay, maintenance bay. Well, takes him to yeah, to see Zan and Crichton, you know, regular Crichton, who are there, mm-hmm. and, it, and they come in and they're like, whoa, whoa, what the hell is this? 
And Tiana's like, no, 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 calm down. He's, friend he's, he's friendly, he's fine. So put the gun down. Yeah, and they're like, oh, John's like, no, this is, oh, this is not right. Cause, and cause he asks, like, what is he doing in my spacesuit? Well, I dressed him he thinks he's you. Yeah, and he has your memories, points out. And then I love the line from John, he says, half the galaxy has my memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, that's fine. Or at least they're after them. At uh, least, <laughs> judging by the roar, sure, half the galaxy probably does have the memories. <laughs> And but uh, it's trying to articulate what he wants. It says me, basically me, Crichton. Yeah, and I, he wants to understand what's yeah. going. on. he needs to understand what's going on. But he gets confused and angry and jumps on Crichton. Who's basically just being like, "No, you can't be me. Screw you." He's like, "No, you're not me. Oh. I'm. I'm not dealing with this. Screw. Screw. Screw all of this. I'm me. I know I'm me. You're just some weird thing. I'm not. No. It's just." God damn it, John! If he is your clone, ha show some freaking respect. Yeah, but like, remember, John is one of the, th the things that John tends to want to do is to get away from any kind of weird crap and not deal with it. Yeah, it's fair, actually. And he's he's still recovering from shock. Yeah, okay. And he's like, this thing still a big move. It is. It is. It is. It's yeah. not. It's but it is not out of character. For no, 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 no. It's still. It's totally in character. Yeah, I'd have much more of a problem with it if it, you know, was not something I expect John to do mm -hmm. and that's the thing that's come up before is that we're you know the cast of, or the characters the main cr main crew they are not all wholly likable people they've all got no. problems and they've all got aspects of their personality that are not necessarily good yeah, which I like it's parts it's, of John that I don't like exactly it's parts of all of them that are you know questionable some more than others <coughs> Rigel um Oh, sorry, what? No, don't worry about it. <laughs> That's what, that is something that I do like about Fasket, because it gives these people a lot more depth. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it is a bit like John's just trying to avoid having to deal with it. Yeah, and as Caveman John gets more angry, they have to sedate him. And then they have a really weird cut, because yeah. it's supposed to be that time has passed, but it's, it's cut almost as if it's, as if it's in the same scene. But there's clearly times past. Because it's one moment they've sedated him, and Chiana asks, I hope that was a sedative. Mm -hmm. And we see a shot on the face of the caveman. Then the next shot is John kneeling next to the caveman, clearly in a different room. And there's no... I, or almost clearly a different room. I there's no indication know. that time has passed at that point. I don't think it... I'm, I'm, I'm just going to... They're, clear, they're clearly in a jail cell. As the scene progresses, we realize they're in a cell hmm. at that point. It's a really confusing cut, because I'm like, wait a sec... Because mm -hmm. John, at that point, should have also been on the ground, so I don't get I'm... how, why everybody else left that scene, because... Actually, wait a minute, yeah. Yeah, no, now, that I'm I'm, I'm not... now that I'm looking at it again... Yeah, they do do that, because they... Yeah, they... You have Zan and Eren in the maintenance bay still, and they're talking over the comms to John and... Dargo and Chiana. Yeah, no, they're over the comp. So no, you are right. That's I completely, I completely missed that. Just um, thinking about it while we're talking back about it. But yeah, that is an odd cut. Now that you mention it. Yeah. Yeah. That that's it. It does look like it's cut in the same scene. Yeah. Mm -hmm. hmm. So that that was that, that confused me for a second. It's like probably yeah. not the best way to cut that scene. I'll say, maybe a shot from way outside done. I'll say this: there's a few other bits in this episode that are some. Odd or unusual directing choices. 
for yeah, the, there's, for there's, a dip, there's a different shot that also that it may it it's clear, but it's very. We'll get to that. All right. So anyway, moving on from that, they've yeah they've knocked out the caveman Crichton, and mm-hmm. he's in uh in a holding cell, and they're trying to figure out you know what the hell's going on. So you know Dan's been running her tests, and proves that the uh, caveman Crichton's blood is John's blood. And it's mm-hmm. a mutation. There's a few differences. She says a few chromosomal differences, but it's definitely Crichton's blood, but uh, yeah. mutated. And then, then the big green glowy ball, which, by the way, is still there. It hasn't yeah, moved. It's, it hasn't disappeared. It hasn't it's still anywhere. putting a strain on Moy, apparently. It, and it gets even worse because it starts putting out energy readings again, similar yep. to the ones from before. And Pilot is like, it's doing it again. Moya is under stress, and it's not, you know, everybody... Be prepared, and guess what? Well, another yeah, so it says three Crichton, so we're one Crichton short right now. Crichton number three appears, and Erin yep. is the only one up there, and she goes down, and rather than getting thrown out, there's like a bunch of steam or smoke uh, emanating yeah. from it, and then he stands up, kind of, it reminded me a little bit of um, Terminator, Yeah, he goes back I in time. Yeah, I that as well. Like, dun, 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 dun. But he stands <laughs> up, and is naked, um, I mean the other one was as well but he's covered in hair but he stands yeah. up and he's got no hair on his head like tucked in ears and sort of folded in almost mm-hmm. um, and the lines of his head it looks like there's a, it's just a brain protruding through his yeah. skin a little bit yeah brain very much on the surface and <laughs> and he's got actually like big kind of buck teeth almost yeah I was I was wondering if those were uh, those are false teeth definitely false teeth, yeah. Yeah, yeah and he stands up and he's like and he can talk, you know, he's articulate, he says, Aaron, it's me. And she's like, you're not John. First of all, John has more hair. Yeah. Amongst other things. With her, like, it cuts to her face, like, like, eyes look down, yeah. And John looks down, and she's like, or are you blaming that on the cold as well? (laughs) I was like, oh, I see. He has no penis. I think it's it's very, very small. That might also be the case, yeah. (laughs) I think that's what it is. But he's got some kind of super brain thing. Yeah. And like, okay, please be the right explanation for this. Please be the right explanation for this. Please be the right explanation. We'll we'll get to later. We'll get to that. Yeah. All right. So, but they immediately just lock, we'll call him future John. Immediately lock future John in a cell. They're just like, all right, screw this. Get in the cell. Because future John is first like, look, I understand your concerns. And then he's, but, and then he sees present John. He's like, Ah, yeah, that changes things. Hmm, <laughs> uh, whoopsie. Because this John also is like, he's pretty sure, and he starts talking about that. He perceives himself to be John Crichton. Because he has all the memories of John Crichton. Yeah, the way John looks is exactly how future John has always seen himself up until this point. It's because you, cause you mentioned um, Keanu Reeves earlier. It reminds me there's the line from The Matrix when they go into the digital world. It's the, the residual self-image. Like how you how you think of how you look, yeah, and that that's his residual self image is like the Crichton that we're used to, and the same goes for mm-hmm. Neanderthal or caveman Crichton. Yeah, that's how he remembered. But himself yeah, he's, but he realizes that oh, I'm not the actual original Crichton anymore. Hmm, yeah. interesting. So yeah, they put him in a cell, and he's like, I'm John Crichton, and John's like, no, I'm John Crichton. Well. No, I'm John Crichton. I'm Crichton. No, no, no. I'm no, Crichton. No, that future John says, well, I don't doubt that. Yeah, I'm sure you also the think point is, The point is, 
see me as an alternative, I guess. Yeah. I'm Crichton. I'm Crichton. No, I'm Crichton, and so is my wife. <laughs> it's like, I'm Crichton, yes, and I'm also Crichton. Like, there's no longer one. Yep. Also, like, that future John has a slightly more southern, southern accent. Yeah, he does. He has yeah. a more pronounced southern accent than yeah. um, regular John. It's minor, but it really works to differentiate the two characters. Yeah, and his manner is a lot more clinical and a lot less... He's a lot mm -hmm. less emotional. He's not like yelling like uh, John is like, Who the hell are you? It's like, yeah, he's far more reserved. He's, you know, almost Vulcan kind of thing going on here. Yeah, we'll get to that. Which, which only gets worse in the episode, the rest of the mm -hmm. episode. But so yeah, he's quizzing him, asking about you know, all right, if you really are me, then what did uh, hap what happened when the Farscape project first got funding? And mm -hmm. he answers, you know, you argued with DK and Dad, and you thought it was going too well. And he's like, oh, um, yeah, that's I, right. I've, I've forgotten about that until now. So he's realizing that yeah, this isn't just a trick or whatever. That he does genuinely have your memories, and believes himself to be Crichton. Mm -hmm. But still, he's mm. staying locked up until they can know any better, because they've had somebody who has mem hit access to his memories before. Mm -hmm. Like two people have, yeah. just realized. Not just the Aurora chair. <laughs> and so, but then, to make matters even more worse, the ball starts fluctuating again, and mm -hmm. like immediately they're, they're like, oh god, no, not another Crichton, we can't take another one. No, but, this is different. Yeah, different Pilot readings. Says. Over a shot that's really weird because it's a fisheye lens. Yes. Close up of pilot. Is, it's so weird. This is the one I wanted to talk about. This is. I figured. This is like it's shot from underneath looking up at pilot's face and it's in a close up and like you said, a fisheye lens. It's not a shot we've ever seen before. I hope they never use it again. It's, it's very weird and yeah, I don't it's think it works. So confusing. It's like completely jarring. Yeah, and it also jarring, adds nothing. Only uh, only if space is actual contorting, which in this it's, case it's the not. ball is doing. It's trying to create a dimensional portal, but it's not doing it for anyone else. So this just it's I, a weird shot. I think what they're going for is they're going to try and really ramp up the tension. It doesn't work. And no, it doesn't work. And no. to, <laughs> give me it, panning shots. It's not the kind of shot that we're used to. And by mm -hmm. this point, ten episodes into season two we have a pretty you get a pretty good sense for how farscape is i guess directed and shot in general yeah. there are, there are certain shots that you're used to and familiar with like pilot uh in the den over the you know talking to someone and mm -hmm. his type of close-ups you you start to recognize these things yeah. and this is very much not one of those and mm -hmm. is kind of out of sorts with the rest of it and I don't, I don't think it works, unfortunately. I do like that they try something. Yeah, I, 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 I can appreciate appreci that. Yeah, it didn't appreciate work. Them doing something and different. I would have liked they just left it on the cutting floor. But I do appreciate that they try new things. Mm, yeah. That's always important. And so the, but they're trying to figure out what to do about the interdimensional portal. And both Crichtons have the same idea. Yeah. And, uh, but Future John is trying to convince Aaron to give him the comms to talk to uh, regular John to tell him about it but meanwhile while he's trying to do that John is actually just having the idea himself to yeah. be like okay like, we hook up the screen hook up the defense screen and and then use it to uh, reflect the energy back onto the uh, green ball so that it doesn't make the portal and just kind of hold it there yeah and like okay let's try that and so is that going to work I don't know let's try it I'm, I like that John says like he's making it up off the top of his head as he goes like he's thinking on his feet he always does that <laughs> 
Yeah, but what I what I like is that he reaches the same conclusion as uh, Future John, who's yeah. clearly supposedly you know much more intelligent and analytical and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So even when John is thinking on his feet, you know he is doing it intelligently, but he's just yeah. like not thinking about it, you know. Yeah, and I like that Future John uh, does interpose and convinces uh, Aaron to uh, bring him, uh, set him free at gunpoint, because. He figures out, like, they need to calibrate the shields, the, the defense scheme correctly. If they do it wrong, it's not going to work. Yeah, and he says, you know, what have you hooked it up for? Is it 100%? It's like, he says, no, you need to hook it up for 85. And then as he starts explaining, John catches up and is like, because otherwise it's not going to. Okay, I'll do this. Same frequency. Yeah. Yeah, same frequency. So they do that and it works. Yeah, they do it. They reduce the settings to basically 85%. And. It reflects back the uh, pull because they say it's going to open a dimensional portal and suck everything through. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's trying to do. So, yeah, they managed to stop that from uh, happening. But Pilot gets on the comms and says, it's working, but we'll only be able to hold it for a, a, about four arms. Yeah, and and Future John's like, well, given the quality of the defense screen and that thing possibly giving out, let's assume less than three. Yeah, got that much time to work with, so let's uh, get on with it. Can I take a moment to ju- to say that at this point in the episode, I've realized something about the defense screen. What's that? That's actually either a very old uh, switchboard <laughs> yeah, or a modified display case. Because if you look carefully, the wood lining yeah. finish on the top, it's very clearly old-timey, uh, old-timey woodwork. Mm. I actually have a closet that has the same type of woodwork at the top. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I... I think with all the connections in and out of it, it your first idea is probably pretty likely that it's a um, that it's a repurposed switchboard. Yeah, it might even be not I like an actual doing a, seeing display case, taking out the glasses, replacing yeah, it with these things. I mean, if I if you really want to get deep on it, I it might even not be like a real switchboard. It might be a repurposed switchboard prop because you know yeah. that's, that's what TV shows do all the time. Probably. <laughs> and when I say switchboard, I mean I mean like. Oh, like like old like old old, old time. Uh, you'd have to, could you, yeah, operator, could you connect me too? Yeah, like pull the plug out of one thing, put it into another. Yeah, yeah. exactly that one. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I just, it's suddenly I realized. Yeah, suddenly, holy <laughs> shit! I just realized what prop it is, which is impressive because we've had this thing for a season and a half now, and only well, now well, caught yeah, on. Yeah, because it's only been in a few episodes. They've been using it a lot lately. It's like a couple of ep- they they remembered they had it a few episodes ago, and then since then it's been a little bit more prominent. Fair. Then, it, but then between the, that and the Zelbini, it was like an entire season almost. Yeah. Oh, easily <laughs> an entire season. So, I yeah, it's not surprising to only just notice it now because it's not like it's been there the whole time. Fair. <laughs> All right, we have this defense screen. Let's use it as a solution to a lot of problems in our series. Well, what I like about it is it, it, it kind of has a bit of does anything because last episode it interacted with the the weapon to switch everybody's minds, mm-hmm. but it's not like a magical piece of technology that works every time. They actually no, no, It's no. run down and crappy. It's and an old piece of junk. Yeah. <laughs> that they're basically just making do things that are convenient, but it really isn't built to do. <laughs> it's that kind of stuff that really convinces me that this is a, a, a player party. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Okay, I roll my repair check. Woo, 20! Uh, okay, you jury rig it to work for a bit? God damn it, I wanted to do interdimensional uh, 
yeah. campaign at this point. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting sucked into the plane of elemental whatever yeah. today. <laughs> so, but you, it'll only last for so long, and you have to make a... Yeah, yeah, yeah keep making skill checks or something. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right, so after all of this, we go back in... I think we're back at... Uh, well, Caveman Crichton wakes up with mm-hmm. Chiana by his side. They're in uh, John's quarters. And he's angry again, and he's you know confused, and uh, but she manages to calm him down, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, you know, it's it's me, and relax, and you are John, and you do remember that, and she's starting to realize, like, yeah, you are John, you do have his memories, and you do remember yeah. everything. I love Jen in this scene. Yeah, she's really like making a, I guess, starting to make a case for him. It's like, no, you are you are just as much of a person as the other Johns mm-hmm. because then actually Aaron and future John turn up and uh, he's like ah yes this guy so we're not going to learn anything, anything here yeah let's let's go let's like, go Jesus that's cold I mean the thing is is like again this is this isn't just like coldly evil it's like logical because this John is not communicating well, is very, can barely speak. Mm-hmm. And so I can see the logic in being like, hey, okay, we're not going to get anything out of this guy. But He's he shows helpful. no empathy for yeah, the situation yeah, this exactly. John is in. Like, yeah. you, already re- you already know that you're in a different body, mm. functioning differently. You should be able to realize that he is experiencing the same thing, only in a lot worse state. Yeah, you should be sympathetic, but he's not. No. At all, and yeah, this this is one of the gripes that I always because at this point we're starting to realize that this John is more intelligent. Oh yeah, like his brain is more is more. He's bigger, uh, bigger yeah, brain, big, bigger brain. The big brain, I'm winning again. Yeah, <laughs> I and am the greatest. Why is it always that when that mm. intelligence is always yeah juxtaposed against? Empathy and heart and emotion. Yeah, this is emotion. A like very... these two are not mutually exclusive. No. Can we stop doing that? I know this is a very common thing in science fiction. Is like the more intelligent races are less empathetic and less emotional. Like this probably in certainly in TV type sci-fi, but I mean it's older than that. But this you can look at the Vulcans from Star Trek yeah. as being like a prime example of this, and that they are. A, uh, they're heavily logical to a fault, and they disregard all emotion. And yeah, but they're not—they're not cold. It, does, it, it really depends. Like some of them are, some of them aren't. It's yeah, okay. it, it's that idea that being intelligent n- means that you can't also be emotional. There is also such a thing as emotional intelligence. Yes, you know, <laughs> like being able to. Being able to empathize with people requires a certain amount of intelligence. Exactly, and sometimes that gets better as you get more intelligent. Not always. No, not always. not always. It, it, and again, like linear kind of progression of intelligence is also like a sci-fi trope that is not the case either. No, like, that's that's something we'll get to later. Well, I mean, it's something I mean, we can mention it that because it's like he's supposedly fut- like just looking at this without it being talked about. Like you've got. clearly primitive caveman John Mm -hmm. regular John and future John so the idea is that in the future they will evolve to have bigger brains and be smarter because evolution has is goal oriented right like that's how that works right so this point I was like I was like okay fine it's great awesome it's time travel fine this might be evolution Uh, this might be what future uh, 
uh, humans would look like. However, as they have now stabilized the uh, the portal, they're starting to look into communicating with with the sphere. And um, mm. John's been already uh, uh, deciphering the code. He can't figure it out. Future John comes in, starts doing that. He realizes how it works, what signal, and only uh, he ends up decoding it. But only the three Johns can hear it. Yeah. And what it basically says is, this was a, a science device. It was meant to capture uh, specimens mm-hmm. and bring it back. Yeah, and this interfered with their what they what Aaron did with the guns and everything. Yeah, she, interfered yeah. with their collection process, causing genetic mutation derivatives. Oh yeah, like genetic, that's the point. Was like okay, extrapolation. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm safe. I'll save this rant to the end of the episode. But that's remember that point. Genetic derivatives. Yeah, this is not how that works. No, again, this is something that happens in sci-fi. There's, there are there are a few things that's, that are yeah. common and, for sci-fi to get very wrong. Evolution and genetics yeah. is absolutely yeah. one of and them. We'll, and we'll get back to that on the end because we'll I want to rant that. about it, but I don't want to break up our flow here. Yeah. All right. So and, let's get um, back on track. What it says is that it needs. Uh, Unless a specimen is uh, a specimen is placed into this in the sphere, it'll just gobble up everything in the surrounding area to make sure it gets its specimen. Yeah, and they're like, "Well, why me? Why John?" Well, says Crichton, "Why me?" It's because, and then you know, Future John's like, "Well, think about it. it's like because they haven't encountered a human before. They found a Delvian, a Luxon, found and everybody else. So yeah, the you're the first human they saw." Yeah, and I also like that it says one specimen. Yeah, because there only need only one. And caveman John, we get a shot of him. It says one needs to go back. Go back, yeah. Yeah, one, one go one. back. Yep. <sighs> All right, so they've you know they've got the time limit, and if it that's what it was trying to do, open up the portal. <laughs> the Dago says, "What's going on?" Crichton says, "One of us has to die." And yeah, so. We then have a scene with uh, Caveman Crichton and uh, Chiana. I love this. This scene's so good. No, wait. Before we talk about that, actually, there was something I wanted to mention in the scene where the signal is playing to all three of the Crichtons. Mm -hmm. And it's something to do with the camera work. And what we have is we have a tracking shot rotating around, uh, definitely around, I think it's around all three of them. Yeah. So they're like, it's, uh, rather than just being a close-up holding on them, the camera is rotating around each Crichton as they rotate in place. It's it's something, this is going to sound odd, but it's something Michael, Michael Bay does a lot in movies. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the, the rotating around. And again, that's like an interesting choice for direction, which I think that works much better I, than... I, well, I like that, actually. Yeah, I, I, I think this works great. That works much better than the other, like... Uh, the, the other fisheye lens shot. Yeah, the fisheye lens shot. Yeah. Both of which are, you know, deviations from what we've seen before, trying yeah, something and, new. And this, that's why I say I like people trying something new, because yeah. sometimes you catch on to something good, because this works because it's mm. the big reveal of the episode. Yeah, and as they listen to all of that. I, I wanted to point that out, because I, I, I definitely liked that, and that was actually pretty effective. Mm. So anyway, yeah, we see then Caveman John and Chiana reacting to, you know, he's reacting to the uh, message telling her that someone has to die. He says, it, it's going to be me. Yeah, it's basically gonna be me. He's realized that they're gonna they're gonna sacrifice me. And uh, Chiana's like, no, 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 no. First of all, you know John. Heck, you are John. You know he'll try to find a way. 
And secondly, you have just as much right to be here as they have. Yeah, and it could be, you know, the guy with the big head and yeah. or Richard John. Yeah, but he seems like, no, they're going to sacrifice me. And we see future John, and he's admiring, looking at the thing, and the green ball says, it's a remarkable device, and da 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 I admire its purity, yeah. <laughs> kind of deal. Clearly. But I also like that, that well, like... Uh, Future John's also like, well, a solution has presented itself. Okay, let's throw the ape man in there. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. immediately like, ape guy, nah, screw him, throw him in. And he's like, and he's talking to John over the comms. It's like, no, yeah, look, we sacrificed the most expendable oh. person. And I'm like, excuse me. And again, it's coming from that place of he's not intelligent enough. He's not going to be able to help us. He's therefore yeah. must be sacrificed. And again, he, it's, he, he is lesser. And again, it's that lack of empathy and emotional intelligence that is just that is present in future John that lets him do that. Mm -hmm. And you see, but uh, regular John is struggling with it. He doesn't agree with that. He's like, there has to be another way. We have time. We bought ourselves time. Let's use it. Let's not just throw him to the wolves right away. Yeah. And Rachel di disagrees. Dargo disagrees. Mm -hmm. Aaron's not, not entirely sure, but I like that at some point, as John is making his case, future John's like, you know, actually, you're right. Let's give this a try. Yeah, he does concede, and he's like, it's like, fine, we have the time. You're right, but when the time comes, you need to prepare. You need to be prepared for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he says it with a lot less empathy than I yeah, do. Yeah, no, but... he does not have empathy. So, yeah, Chiana tells Caveman Crichton, you know, he knows, I know Crichton, they'll get through it, he'll find another way, I know. And I mean, John always goes for option three, yeah. right? That's yeah, what he said. Exactly. And, but uh, Caveman Crichton says he does know Crichton. Save Moya, save Pip. One yeah. answer. Uh, so, he, he's, like, Caveman Crichton has also realized, again, you know, what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Caveman Crichton probably isn't in the position to find the other answers. No. So, Pilot says he's like, I don't think, you know, Future John will analyze the samples. They won't, I don't think it'll work. Because he's, mm -hmm. you know, trying to trying to find another way around it. Yeah. This I, is I, John in Pilot's then, by the way. Yeah, we, yeah. there's another, another interesting camera choice here, because we see Pilot framed, like, from behind, like, some latticework pillar or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we see John walk along the uh, the walkway to up to uh, Pilot's console. Again, works. Yeah, it works pretty well. He's like, I, he's future John's looking at the data to try and find out if we can sort this out and you know, get rid of get rid of this thing. And mm -hmm. Pilot's like, I've already looked over this several times and I've not found anything. And I don't think he will. And I think you have to, you know, confront the fact that we have to sacrifice one of you. And and I like. What I really love is that John is making a case against Pi uh, towards Pilot, like, dude, we can't do this. Hmm. This isn't right. Specifically to Pilot, yeah, whose arm has been chopped off before because he wasn't important enough. Yeah, and we know that John has. I mean, John was no part in that, and no, he hated that. He yeah, he you know did not uh, like that everybody else did that, and that has brought that up before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you chop off this guy's arm, but suddenly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, what Pilot is saying is that Moya does not want, Moya would not want, rather, an innocent 
being to die to save her. Yeah, she's like, take the transport pods, take any ships you have, leave. Yeah, I'll catch, I'll catch this bullet for you guys. Which I'm like, yes, boy, go you. Yeah. Like, holy crap, she's the actual. She's actually being like, no, no. She's like the moral you center guys, of this place. Guys get, yeah. <laughs> for once. Yeah. I'm I'm. I, that kind of came. I mean, not to say Moya is cold-hearted, but well, Moya came out of left field. I hadn't. She's never been this active in these discussions before. Well, Moya's characterization is there, but it's not as. It's more subtle and yeah, usually less direct. I think the only other time I can think of is uh, in uh, Dream a Little Dream, where she decides to stay and help. Uh, and give Zan and Jana mm-hmm. and Rigel more time. And remember, in that episode, like Pilot says, like I didn't do this. I couldn't control her, no. and she decided to stay. And also at the end of the first season, yeah, again, John convinces her, like, look, go. I like that they're in, especially in this season, that they're giving Moya more character. Yeah, it's really they're good. Clearly developing her. But what's interesting here is that uh, Pilot is, you know, relaying this. But he says, I understand Moya's reasoning but I do not share it if you have to kill this guy for everybody else to live I'm okay with that yeah that's what Pilot is saying mm-hmm. which is I, I like the, the you know set of the differences between Pilot and Moya because I mean usually we see them work in tandem but they're not the same they don't share the okay. same uh, they're not one ideas. person no it's, it's just really interesting and really mm. quite well done I think all right, but he's but yeah. Again, pilot is sharing the view of some of the others that you're wasting your time and you're trying to find a solution that doesn't exist. Yeah, when you already have one in front of you. And that's also what future John is concluding yeah. right now because he's yeah. like, Zan is there with him, and he, he's like, look, he turns off the screen. This doesn't make. The, we're done. This is futile. This the this problem has already been solved. And Zan is actually also being on the side of Crichton. Is like. This is why you might have become more, but you've also lost a lot. Yeah, exactly. And she's bringing up all that stuff we were just talking about about you know you've lost your emotional intelligence, you lost your basically lost the heart. Yeah, that makes up Crichton. Um, and also, um, there's a couple of lines because you, you said like he mentioned he says it's futile. There's a couple of lines where he <laughs> that are pretty much that are pretty much Star Trek references. Like there's one bit where he's looking at some of the data and he just goes fascinating just exactly like spock <laughs> which is that was like spock's kind of catchphrase uh, thing nice and again when he says like no it this is futile a little bit like you know kind of resistance is futile yeah i heard or, that as well yeah was, you weren't the only one who had that and the, the best part is like that's that both works in a meta sense and as something that Crichton would do yeah future Crichton <laughs> would totally say this well i mean just like Crichton, like he making references all the time Oh right, that that that, that, that kind sense, of deal. Right, yeah. right. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, this Crichton, of course, still has a bit of sense of humor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just thought it was kind of funny that they're riffing on the, and that's why I say like he's, they're going for the slightly Vulcan approach to things, mm. but with just enough humanity to be a dick. Yeah. To like much more. Delicious. Just enough to be an asshole. And Zan's like, yeah, you know, you're no longer the Crichton I knew. No, and. Future Crichton doesn't seem faced by this. Like, I was, yeah, I'm, I'm more. I, that's wait, what well, does he say that? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I was definitely. I'm, I'm expect- not sure, and if he didn't, I was. He I, was ex- I was expecting some kind of line of like, "Of course not. I'm better than that," or something. No, I wasn't. I wasn't that on the nose. I no. Think. So yeah. regular Crichton is trying to patch up the defense screen, 
and you know, to try and see if we can get that to work. And Dargo's mm-hmm. like, okay, you need to face reality. Because they're, what they're doing is they're, you know, rerouting the power to make it work properly again, which we saw them do previously. Yeah, because the defense screen is fading, and they, they need to recharge it or something. They, yeah, reroute power through the neural cluster, exactly the same thing they did last episode uh, in uh, Out of Their Minds. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did consistency like that. But they're trying to do it, and you know what I really like, actually, is that Dargo is on the comms, you know, he's down the neural cluster, John's up in... Uh, command and like okay trying to fix this and he's like you know you're running out of time and Dargo says like John if it comes to it like you know that I, I'm, I'm there for you mm-hmm. if if you need it I, I again this is a side of Dargo that I really like is that he is a sensitive guy yeah but how he follows that line was yeah even more it's like and John's like, we haven't come to that stage yet. And John Dargo's like, I understand. But if you don't start facing reality, then I will make you face reality. It's like, yeah. oh, come on. How does, why does everybody keep saying that? <laughs> I mean, it's the, again, it's the self-preservation of, like, we don't want to die. Yeah, and remember how far we've seen the sense of self-preservation go before. Remember, like we said, when they cut off Pilot's arm. Didn't have a problem with that. Yeah. Apparently, this is one step further. Yeah, well, the thing with this is, like, and this is something that they struggle with throughout the episode, is that they are these weird genetic mutations of John, and they're like, okay, I'm going to bring this up again. This is several, this will be enough. I don't know how many times I've brought this up, but in other sci-fi shows, they, these like when something happens to one of the crew and there's, like, a weird mutation of them or whatever... Mm-hmm. it's fairly typical for them to just get easily disregarded and the barest mention of, like, but they were a real person too. Very, yeah. but like, <laughs> the classic example is Tuvix from Voyager. That was... Mm-hmm. That, but to be fair, that was an action... I remember that episode being... That was actual the central conceit at some point. Like, yeah, but like, can J- we do this? But do you sacrifice one to save two? Janeway ends up being ultimately perfectly okay with it and like, screw you, I want my guy's friends back. And but, because the argument that she makes, I found interesting because she says, okay, we're it's a deviating, story, but but because she says, if we had had this solution five minutes after the accident, the answer would have been simple. Do I agree with that reasoning? No, but I get the reasoning. Yeah, but it, it's this kind of thing where they can like very easily throw away these odd um, yeah mutations. But then they're not doing that, or at no, least in this one definitely not. It's you know the whole thing of their <laughs> people too. Yeah, these are still these are still John. Yeah, no matter how they might differ, they're still John. And that's also as the defense screen starts failing completely. And John and Dargo go to cell basically to pick yeah, Cape pick- and John up. They find he's gone uh, because Chiana let him out. He's like, yep. you know, he gets to survive. He gets to live himself. Yeah. You don't. You don't. Don't get to just come and grab him. No, he's not something you can just sacrifice. And Dargo is pissed. He's like, where did you? Where is he? Where is he? He's like, I don't know. I let him go. And. Crichton is like, what the hell? How are we going to do this? You know, he's not me. He's this weird freak, you know. And Chiana's like, he is you. He's everything I like about you. He's all the heart and the warmth he's... and all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, and you can see at this point, and, and, she, and he's like, 
Chiana's like, oh yeah, it must have been really hard for you to sacrifice him. That's not fair, Chiana. I've been tr working my ass off. Oh, really? And you can see in this point that John's gears are turning in his head. It's like, yeah. I he's starting to realize how wrong this actually is. <laughs> well, I, d I mean, I do kind of agree with John when he says, like, okay, that's not fair. Because, like, she just says, oh, you just easily discarded him. It's like, yeah. okay, no, I've been working on a way so that this doesn't happen. Yeah, but she, remember, she turned her comms off. She, just, she hasn't heard. Yeah, that she hasn't heard any of that. that. That is true. That is true. But yeah, that, it does. It does make total sense that it's not fair to him, honestly. Yeah. But so they basically start looking for a caveman John. Hmm. And oh, uh, <laughs> there's, there's something I want to talk about before we get to the rest of the plot. Is that the 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 energy board is shaking up Moya, mm -hmm. and it's causing cracks to appear in the in the hull as a yeah. big crack that spreads along the ground well you've got Chana, Dargo and Crichton standing there and like okay you take tier one I'll take the other tier and Dargo runs away across a very obvious green screen <laughs> god I that <laughs> was so bad it was really bad I'm, I'm like, sorry please just give us a few shots of the ground then react just don't put those two in the same shot and you can fine. see like there's a very faint there's like an outline around him and the it's, perspective doesn't quite line up is, oh, it's just so bad it's not well it's done so bad it's really i'm sorry farscape but it stands yeah. out so bad i have that as well so ugly ass cgi <laughs> yep and the lighting is all wrong for yeah, it's just, yeah it's, it's horrible yeah there there would have been a much better way to do it absolutely yeah. Okay, so that happens, and mm -hmm. John actually manages to find Caveman Crichton. Yeah. Um, he finds him hiding up in one of the, I think in like a neural cluster mm -hmm. around, just somewhere in the bowels of Moya uh, with lots of, just in like a maintenance area. And yeah, like, and, ah. he, and Caveman John asks, well, with a few words, how did you know I was here? Like, how? John gives the classic answer of, because this is where I would hide. <laughs> if I was me, where would I? Yeah. <laughs> and, but uh, he says, you know what? Just come down out of there. You can go. Yeah. It's fine. You're free. I'm not going not gonna to throw you away. No. And so he then goes to the maintenance bay where the I, Before that, we, uh, in parallel with that, mm. there's two other scenes that happen and I like. One, there's... Chiana being chewed out by Rigel for letting uh, Caveman John free. Because hmm. Rigel's like, it's about self-preservation. I would have expected you to understand this. And it, I love this scene because we've, we've some, they've sometimes said that Chiana and Rigel are bo both equally detrimental to, to the crew. Hmm. And here's the very clear difference. Yeah. Chiana has a heart. Rigel does not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they like, do. Chiana's like, no, this is a human being. Screw you. Yeah, they do have similar, I guess, similar outlooks and similar senses of self-preservation. But yeah, Chiana definitely. Chiana, ha Chiana has lo is loyal to her friends. And mm. Rigel clearly isn't. No. <laughs> but what Rigel's doing is he's putting something into like in a, a, a syringe he says, mm -hmm. like, the first Crichton I see gets this in the back of the neck and we chuck him in. It's like, I don't even care, I don't even care which one. <laughs> yeah. Oh it's just yeah, like, that's we've right. got to survive. I mean, he needs, he needs to get the Hydearian throne. Yeah, yeah that's, his, that's his motivation. Yep. So, but yeah, then Crichton finds uh, future John in the maintenance bay. Yeah, who has knocked out Aaron at this point. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Future John's at some point like, okay, we need to reassess. 
Caveman John's no longer an option. Maybe we should get go for the next expendable one. It's like, oh, and she she says and she's like, I'm assuming you're not sacrificing yourself. Yeah, and then she not then he knocks her out. Yeah, he's just like wham right in the face. It's like nope, and nobody's gonna you know force me to get in there. No, and so yeah, then we have regular Crichton and future Crichton, and he says I let be I let Caveman Crichton go. Uh, because we can't we can't save some can't save ourselves at someone else's expense. Yeah, it's not who we are. And Future John says, "Well, I see myself as Crichton." Yeah, you know we're all. So hey, oh no, there's this brilliant scene because he says, "You don't see him as equal, at least not how you saw him at the start, and how you maybe maybe might still be seeing him now." You know that feeling? That's how I think about you. Yeah. So, oh, all right, and really going for that superiority complex. Oh God, yeah. He's like, right, well, everybody else gets to die. I'm not gonna. Yeah, because John manages to get out of the. Well, uh, about being held up gunshot, by some means, I still don't understand how. Well, because what he's doing is, future John ends up like, yeah, pointing a gun at uh, Mm -hmm. Crichton, gets right up in his face, and I think what Crichton does is he just knocks the gun away out out of his face. And just runs then, runs for it, hides up in some uh, wiring, some tubing up in the ceiling, mm-hmm. and actually goes to find like a hidden stashed gun. That's oh, up there. that's where he got that thing from. Yeah, grabs it and then like pops down right down in front of Future John. So now they've both got guns pointed at each yeah. other. And d- during this hide and seek game, Future John actually they have a conversation where John's like, somehow I think that if you would have been he- the only one here, you wouldn't have sacrificed yourself and. Future Crichton's like, well, no, I, Moya would have probably survived the, tra- the transdimensional journey, so I wouldn't have taken that risk, no. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. And he talks about how John needs to go because that's the only one he'll ever fit in. Mm. And then, jo- as you said, John drops down, points a gun at future, future John, and then drops the gun. Yeah, and he's like, no, I can't do it. Because I love that. It's like, even this asshole, he won't sacrifice. Hmm. And he's like, no, I can't do it. I'm not that, I'm not that guy. And then just then, Future John like knocks him down, knocks down regular yeah. Crichton, punches him in the face. And he says, you know, I I can't let you live either, though. Even if I get rid of uh, Caveman, because with you here, I'd always be the outsider and I'd never fit in. Yeah, and John's says, like, really? You think that's gonna change? Yeah, you think that's gonna help by getting rid of me? <laughs> no. You'll always be an outsider, especially the way you're acting. Yeah. And says, well, if you're the future, I'm glad I won't <laughs> be around to see it. Yeah, and he turns around and walks towards the globe. But then, ba-da-da-da, RKO! RKO! Out of nowhere! <laughs> out of nowhere! Caveman John takes a pipe, which I'm running. Is that the murder pipe from season one? Caveman John with the pipe in the maintenance bay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He knocks, well, he doesn't knock out, he straight up kills yeah. future John with the pipe. Well, because he hit, hits him, he falls down, he's like, Dead and regular John's like, oh yeah, he dead. <laughs> good. And he, and I like the 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 practicality of Caveman John's like, good. Picks up corpse, starts walking towards Globe, and John's like, oh, you don't have to do this. No, want to? Yeah. R- not my not my time. He's like, not I, my place. Yeah, not fitting in around here. I don't belong here. Let me. I know. I will sacrifice myself. Yeah. He has accepted his fate, as he says. Accepted fate. Yep, and so he goes through into the blob, the, the green blob 
gets up, flies away, and everybody's okay. And I like that John says, I get it. Yep. I like, get that. Like, he understands why Caveman John is doing this. Hmm. And so, yeah, up they go, and uh, the conflict is resolved. And yeah. then we have uh, everybody dealing with what happened. Yeah, and then Dargo is talking with John at some point, like, makes you wonder if that's the future. And Dargo says, well, it's only one of the genetic possibilities. I'm like, not... hold it in for five more minutes. Hold it in, we'll hold it there. in. Because we'll there's there. one we'll scene afterwards, and it's like, and John's like, yeah, still, but... Yeah, I don't like to think... It's, it's like, I don't like to think that I have like that in me. He think it's a possibility. Yeah. And... Then I then we get a scene with Gianna uh, and John, which I love because mm, it's John great. sitting in the cell with his spacesuit yep. and looking at it and basically being like, and Gianna walks in. It's like I heard what you did. You really were prepared to sacrifice yourself mm. for us. And he's like, yeah, but it's interesting that the one who I thought was the least developed and the least likely to do it was actually the one that. Mm. Sacrificed himself. Yeah, and you know, he's just glad it worked out. And he said, "I wish I, I wish I could be." Um, yeah, because he's like, it took me a while to realize what the right decision was, and I needed some help. Yeah, clearly it, hinting he, at the Chiana. Even though he did try to resist it, he was still a little too eager to uh, sacrifice the caveman mm -hmm. Crichton. For you know, too eager to do that to be comfortable with. He was like, "I, yeah. I don't like that that I was." to do that. I like that John is basically tearing himself up because he's not good enough of a person. Mm. Like when push came to shove, he did the right thing. But that's only when it came to that. Yeah, but the, I mean, the fact that he hates himself for entertaining the mm. thought of doing yeah. something else. It's like, you can't really do anything about that, John. That's sometimes what happens. Well, it, all what you he, do at the end, that matters. All he can do is do better next yeah. time. Yeah. And um, But John says, you know, I knew you you'd do the right thing because I know you. And then they have, they sort of... No, I actually love that, like, because John says, he's surprised that Caveman John did the right thing after all, and he says, somehow you knew to Gianna. Mm. And Gianna says, I know you. Yeah. And then Completely they... Completely accepting that that was also a real <laughs> John. Exactly. They're both part of his personality or part of who he is. And, you know, they share a little sort of head... But the, you know, puts her head yeah. on his shoulders and walks away, and he's still, you know, looking at his spacesuit, thinking mm -hmm. about it. And that's where we cut to the end of the episode. So that was my three Crichtons. Now, before okay. we get in, quickly, yeah, before we get into like science, biology kind of thing. Okay. Overall, how was the, how was it? I liked it. Yeah, it was good pretty episode. good. Mm -hmm. It uses a few regular tropes, but it does something interesting with it. It talks yes. about the sanctity of life of clones. And if they have similar memories, it really digs into that. I like how it's, in some ways, an analysis of John. It's a, also it's the pacing is very good because it keeps yeah. up the yeah. energy, and you you it, keep ramping up the problems with the uh, defense screen uh, and the yeah. And I like that, that the part where that's like they're going to look for a solution, mm. a second solution that is very brief. Like yeah, they could have stuck on that for fifty minutes. They didn't. They mm. was like, no, we don't have to. That's that's mm. not the interesting part of the episode. Let's just skip through that. It it moves very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And I really like that. There are a couple of odd parts with like the odd camera angle, like of pilot. And... Trying something new. We also got some really we, good shots out of that. We did so also I'll, I'll get some good that. shots. Yeah, that's okay. So I mean, where do we want to rate this? Maybe. 
I'm looking at a four out of five, actually. Yeah, I mean, sounds good to me. I was, but, I was prepared. Like, I had a vague idea of what this episode was going in, and I was prepared for it to be kind of an average, run-of-the-mill episode. But it does enough interesting things that I feel happy with that. Yeah, four out of five. It does an interesting thing with with its characters. We get mostly Chiana and John get nice mm. build up of who are, who are these people, what makes them tick, and yeah. That's yeah. that's why I actually dig this episode because right. good pacing as you said, some interesting shots, mm-hmm. lesser not shots. So much, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. And just good stuff. Mm-hmm. And good performances from everybody involved. Actually, yeah, sorry. Now that you mention it, mm. Ben Browder does a oh, yeah. freaking good job in this episode playing three different characters. Yeah, I think with the Caveman Crichton, it's he's under a lot more makeup. So he's, still, his movements are very good. Yeah, he, move, he moves very differently, but I think ultimately has... Uh, there's less nuance to it. There's less to do. It's like me caveman. To be honest... But he does I, a pretty decent job with he that. He conveys the anguish mm, that, mm. that caveman John has mm. in his position, having all the memories of regular That's John, true. but being in this, well, in some ways, lesser form. But really, the standout stuff to me was like how differently... How familiar, how familiar yet different um, future John was. Yeah. Because like what I mean is like Caveman John is wildly different from uh, regular Crichton. Like in much, some ways. much, well, much more so. Yeah. Like it's more pronounced. But I like, as I said, I like how he gets subtle things yeah, in there, despite the big, big hairy suit different. he's wearing. Yeah. yeah. But with future Crichton, he's able to do like he's he's actually able to act more because he has dialogue and can do the yeah. more subtle. That, that's what I mean. Like he's able to do more of that kind of thing with the acting because he's not behind this heavy, heavy layer of prosthetics and yeah. having to act like a caveman. So exactly. with um, Future Crichton, it, it he does a really good job of putting this uh, new character together while still keeping those bits of John that we recognize. Yeah, and they start as equal Johns and they diverge as the episode goes on. They just become right. totally different people, which I love. All right, so... That's what we liked about the episode. That's yeah. good. Now. Okay. Now, the thing that I've taken out yeah. of the entire equation on this. this is a big one. And I think I, I think I know where you're going with this. Oh, there's no such thing as direct lines in evolution. <laughs> yeah. It's not that there's a, a less primitive form and a more primitive form. No. And that there's a direct line from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... God, this gets brought up so much. Look, in... In the other episode, I'm trying to think what, which one it is. The um, one where Aaron gets turned oh, into half-pilot. DNA mad scientist. Yeah, DNA mad scientist. The speech Namtar... Yep, Namtar. The speech Namtar gives makes total sense because it's from his character. Exactly, like, it, it's... I it, actually it's like a, that because it's basically a Nazi yeah, telling you what he thinks. He's wrong, but it's what his character believes. Yeah, We're not... That's fine. Nec- not necessarily presented as absolute fact yeah and in this case it is yeah that's the problem it's like it's a possible future evolution this is what gets me about these things when they do like future evolutions it's like how do you extrapolate that with no selection pressure yeah like the thing is that's why i was hoping all the time let it be a time travel episode let it be a time travel thing because then it works you might be reaching into a possible future picking what that looks like and putting that on over Mm. john yeah, that right. works. Then it's like, okay, fine. This still works with how evolution works in practice. Well, yeah, because you use time travel to hand wave it. But this is there's like, no such thing as well, yeah. in our current DNA. There is nothing that can be used to create uh, our ancestors or 
are descendants. No, yeah, you have to model that from remains that you find. And anything yes. talking about what the future is going to be like is entirely speculation. Because, like, like I said, evolution isn't a line. It's No. The, there is no such thing as a higher being. Yeah, it's about advancement. It's, it's, it's a, no, it's about adapted. What is the most adapted form to your situation, to your environment, mm. to your uh, the place in your ecosystem? That's yeah. what you do. And to give a great example of how this can be completely different in even brief periods of time, there's um, a butterfly. Mm. I can't remember where it is. I think it's somewhere in the east of Europe. Mm -hmm. There was a butterfly that was. It was like 95% of those were white and 5% were black. And the black ones were in such low amount because all the trees there were white, which meant that the white butterflies could easily camouflage themselves. Right. They were harder to find, and the black ones just stuck out, and they were eaten, eaten all the time. That's why there was such a low amount of these. Makes sense. Then a factory moved in, and all the Ooh. smoke and everything came out, turned the trees, polluted the trees, turning them black. And within like three, four generations, there was like 70, 80% of the butterflies were black and the, other, the white ones were slowly dying out because they were not well adapted to it. Yeah. And one or the other wasn't <laughs> superior than the, one wasn't superior to the, than the other. It's the fact that one was more adapted to its location and that could shift at any moment. Caveman John could be the more well adapted version oh, yeah, to for, a future uh, scenario for humans. That for could have totally worked yeah and it's, it's it all comes from the idea that like being more intelligent is and being more advanced it, it comes from like the misconception that like evolution necessarily means things become more advanced and, and more that advanced. becoming more advanced means becoming more intelligent which yeah. is absolutely not the That's case bullshit. at all also there's another kind of faux pas that they put in like he's got a big like future john has a big brain that takes up all of his head and it covers the top of his head as well it's like and his penis is smaller. And it's like, well, yeah, whatever. But like the 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 also the other thing is like if you have a big brain, you have to be smarter, which is crap. Otherwise, elephants would be ro ruling the world. <laughs> that's not true, yes. You know that that's also not true. It's, it and there's not really. It's a it's a lot more to do with structure and not n mm -hmm. not all about size. No, you know, and you know you don't get necessarily more advanced. The reason humans have become more intelligent it's it's mostly just a it's kind of a byproduct because we stood up right and we were able to have right. we had to develop our brains and we more. started using tools and yeah. at this point we're developing mostly because the shared knowledge that yeah. we collect and how we how we're getting better at understanding them and explaining them to each other that's why concept that would be impossible to grasp for say somebody three four hundred years ago are easier now not so much because we're we've gotten smarter but because we've gotten better at explaining them and yeah it's, a, them. it's an iterative process we're building yeah. on what we've done before yeah but that's knowledge that's not yeah, exactly but there's the idea somehow that evolution kind of works the same way which it yeah. does not at all no it's 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 about filling your niche um I could, to the best of your ability yeah. you know, the, well the what it's about is yeah being the most well-adapted being survives, and that Absolutely. could mean anything. Yeah. It could mean that you need to be more intelligent. So it could also mean you need bigger hands and a smaller penis, yeah. or just a third <laughs> eye in the back of your head so you don't get. Or caught. you need to be a different. You need to be colored green instead of blue, yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Could be anything like that that could evolve. And you, I mean, look at the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs died out because the environment wasn't suited for them anymore. Well, after the yes, because the asteroid asteroid hit. 
killed a bunch of them then and well screwed up the atmosphere so bad that's what killed yeah and that's also still up for debate there's people saying yeah they were competing but that's that's not real let's take this as an example they had their environment changed drastically and couldn't survive and creatures like mice survived and thrived because their predators just left and they're like oh sweet there's loads more of us yeah, and suddenly the, the smaller, less developed creature was the, actually the one that survived and was the evolutionary better, quote-unquote, better choice at that point. Yeah, it was more... It was, better, it was better more, adapted. Yeah. and you That's know, why we came to be. Yeah, and also it was able to, you know, there was population boom so that you could have more variation, which would lead to more, you know, pot- potential things. And, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's... It's the whole, I, could, I, could, I could talk about this for hours because yeah. this is... This is totally my jam, and this is where I got my match watching. <laughs> I so. was I'm, I was expecting some of this as well after watching yeah. the episode. I was like, oh, I hope we get into this because again, this is something sci-fi does a lot, and it's something that it gets wrong a lot. Uh, and it, I was like, I was sitting there just, please let it be time travel. Please let it be time travel. Because no. then it works. Or like you get away with it. Or like a parallel universe also works. Yeah. In this case, they were just like. No, it's it had they extrapolated from his genetics. No, it's no, like, oh, damn it. We don't have templates for our ancestors in there. That's not how that works. If Most it had, of the stuff just fell off. If it had just like, because there is the line that it's like a genetic extrapolation of like a future evolution, or there yeah. there is that kind of line. If it, if they had just the line had been something along the lines of they are uh, experimental mutation. Hadn't mentioned the fact that it is extrapolating. Yeah, that would also work. Oh, it's like we're experimenting. If there were experiments, then that would be okay. It's the fact yeah, that it's... Oh, well, one actually ends up looking like a caveman. Coincidence. Fine. It's not like this is how evolution means you get smarter and get bigger brain. Because otherwise it would be like, okay, if that's the end point, why are we still here? Why yeah. are we already at the end point? Because then I'd be like, what, we need to get the solve world hunger first achievement... Before we can advance yeah, to the next well, you have evolutionary to, stage. That's how Civ Five works, right? Yeah. So that's, that's how this. That's clearly how evolution works. It's not Civ doesn't deal with evolution, but never mind. well, you know, we're going for the science victory, so we have to build beakers more of more science. I think that's how that works. <laughs> we'll talk about this later. Uh, let's I, wrap I this know, up. I'm I think like, it's time. But yeah, it's also and you know we also talked about how the fact that. Being even even if we take this all for granted and say like okay he's more intelligent but why is he more why is he much colder and less emotional? Yeah, that's also something like could we please have an intelligent being that is also more emotionally in tune with others? Also, there's kind of the trope of it's a little the caveman being the emotionally intelligent one and the yeah that the was the same thing. I'm like oh, it's on. kind of going the other way, but yeah, it goes both ways and like the less intelligent the more. It, Mm. Emotional intelligence is a real thing. You can absolutely be very intelligent, and like, science. Let's say, let's just for the sake of it, say, like, scientifically knowledgeable and emotionally so as well. Yeah, it's not a guys, guys. game. Scientists aren't cold-hearted. Assholes. Scientists are people too. Yes, most of them. <laughs> scientists, <laughs> like one of my teachers once said, scientists—they're almost like people. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing here. But oh, okay, so those are some big problems with this this yeah. kind of trope as a whole. Because I I don't know if I can. So, I Farscape can't... isn't the only exactly only yeah. series that does this. Yeah, but, the, yeah, 
Yeah, they did not invent it. They did not, not certainly not the last people to do it. Yep. I can't fault them hugely for doing that, other than being slightly disappointed because it's such a played out thing at this point. Mm. But all of that said, the episode actually holds together very yeah. well, and you've got this if good you... sense of drama, and tension, and action, and it all works. If you if you take that bit that fact away, it's I liked it mm-hmm. a lot. All right, so. That was my three Crichtons. Overall, we liked it. We gave it four out of five, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what? that is not to discount all the dumb evolution stuff that it did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do we have next week? Well, let's see. Oh, next week we start a three-parter. Ah, do we start at the right part? Yeah, we do. We start at part one. Okay, so we, we do three in order. I was looking this up. Actually, what happened was it wasn't necessarily hugely broadcast out of order because they were able to rectify this, but I think it was... There's a reason some of it was filmed out of order. Yes. Yeah. And we'll get into that once we get through those episodes. But Got it. Uh, we'll get there. But here's what the first episode is called. So, this three parter overall is called uh, Look at the Princess. So, you've got okay. part one, part two, and part three. Mm-hmm. So, we've got Look at the Princess part one next week, which is A Kiss is But a Kiss. So, oh, here's the brief summary. Mm-hmm. And you're going to like this first. Few okay. Things. Okay. To avoid capture by Scorpius. Aha! He's back! He's back! To avoid capture by Scorpius, Crichton is forced to propose to a princess. However, there are competitors for the throne and a rival working with a Scarron plans to get rid of Crichton. Oh dear. So he's to evade cap... So he's got to escape from Scorpius, but to do this he has to propose to a princess. Well, I guess we'll find out. (laughs) Yeah, this is... I I am... I am interested. You have my attention, episode. I... You had me at Scorpius. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be fair. I, I'm so glad to see Scorpius again. I love Scorpius so much. Yeah. All right. So and That's and hopefully, nice. hopefully this means we get back on track. And it's because yes. I've we've been I think overall enjoying season two. Mm-hmm. There's been some pretty good standout episodes, but a lot of quite a one-offs. bit of like one-offs, throwaway things. It's like, no, come on, where is it? Where's Scorpius? Come on. Scorpy. Give us Scorpy. And it looks like he's back next week. And hopefully that, and it's a three-parter. So we know we've got three episodes dealing okay, with good. this. Good, 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 good. So hopefully we get that. And then we start getting back into the meat of it and back into the plot. And yes, please, please. I'd like, I would like it for the, like, say that, Maybe, hopefully we can keep this going through the second half of the season. Yeah, let's hope. Let's uh, hope so. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. We will see next week. So, thanks for listening, everybody. And yeah, this was a fun episode. This is all right. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we'll be back, like I said, next week with Look at the Princess Part One. And uh, yeah, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Can't Wear Hats. Red is at Vadolkin Entry. Yes. And you can go to Can'twearhats.co.uk for previous episodes and my other projects. Uh, all of which are supported by the Can't Wear Hats Patreon, patreon.com forward slash can't wear hats. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, and Thank goodbye! Alright, so, Red, explain to me again what was wrong with how they did evolution in this episode. Where to start? I mean, uh, look at it like this. It's like there's an entire manual in the DNA that says how you can make every type of species and how you can make the following, the upcoming, which technically isn't even resulted in uh, different migratory patterns, how people moved, how we crossed seas, inventions like that, and inventions that we didn't make. And that's basically how I can scientifically prove that you are an idiot. Huh?